Welcome to Marketing for Your Boring Business, presented by All-in-One Social Media, where marketing professionals and industry leaders discuss what you can do to help your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. Join us each week to learn more about social media, online marketing, trending topics, and tips to grow your online marketing efforts. Now here's your host, Desiree Martinez. Welcome to an episode of Marketing for Your Boring Business, helping your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. We talk a lot on the show about being a boring business, and sometimes it's just really hard to figure out how to take something you are so passionate about and so good at and make it interesting, make it stand out in that cluttered newsfeed. Well, guys, I think today I'm just going to basically solve that problem for you for the rest of the life with your business, with the guy that we are talking with today. We're talking with Roberto Blake, who is not only a creative entrepreneur and a motivational speaker and a YouTube certified expert with over 275,000 subscribers, but he's also the founder of Awesome Creator Academy. And we're going to talk to you guys today about how to create something awesome for your business. Welcome to the show, Roberto. Desiree, thank you so much for having me. Yes. And again, guys, I always get to talk about how one of my favorite things about having a podcast besides talking with you every week is I get to fangirl over people that I love in my industry. And Roberto is definitely at the top of that list. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, he's in like my top subscriber people that I love to follow because he's got so much fantastic information all the time. And he just wants everybody to be creative and tell their story. And he just wants to guide you through that. And he's so genuinely cares and just wants to educate you to the point of probably talking your ear off. So <laughs> I'm just, again, I'm so excited for you to be in the show. And I, I have a, my inner fan girl is going right now. So uh, shucks. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for all the kind words. Uh, wow. So uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with me, or if that amazing intro was not enough. So my name is Roberto Blake. I've been doing YouTube content specifically in the world of social media for, I would say, about roughly five years now. July 2013, uh, started with no subscribers. A lot of my content focuses around creativity, creative topics, entrepreneurship, uh, online business, and I even also help people develop their freelance skills with tutorials and training videos. I've done literally over a thousand videos on YouTube and a thousand more across the various social media platforms. So, when it comes to storytelling and talking people's ears off and uh, communicating value, uh, well, let's just say I'm not green at it. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. We definitely have the creative expert on the horn. So we had a little powwow beforehand. I would love for you to share with everybody what your thoughts are on boring businesses. I'm not sure or I'm not convinced that there's a such a truly a such thing as a boring business. I think that people categorize themselves as that because they're just not sure how to communicate it and make it interesting to other people or they're just writing it off that well I'm excited about this but other people won't be excited about this and I, I did the same thing when I tell people about what I do on YouTube I always preface it with like well I do the unsexiest thing in the world I want people to learn stuff and work hard you know that's how I preface it a lot of times because the majority of people don't necessarily want to learn new skills and sit there for 10 or 20 minutes or an hour and learn a new skill. And, you know, they don't necessarily want to work any harder because they're convinced that they're working so hard already or as hard as they can. But I just believe that if people learn new things and if they work hard enough, that 
results will inevitably follow because that's been true in my life and it's been true of the people that I see embracing my create something awesome philosophy of just creating something of value every day, something that you're proud of. And I think that if you're proud of the business that you own and you're proud of the business that you're in, you should be able to be clever enough to find a way to make it interesting and exciting to other people who might otherwise have written it off the same way you did. So what do you think are some tips to help people kickstart their creativity when it comes to this? Like I know, again, I have a creative background as well as an artist. And so I know people hear like, oh, I don't, I, I'm just not creative. Like I can copy things all day, but I am just so not creative. How do you do that? I think so if you're back to you like is that <laughs> the human race thing, get where it is by not being creative. Everything with fangs and claws and wings should have usurped us. We have no business being the apex predator of this planet, right? We won by cheating with sorcery. Okay. And that sorcery is called our creativity. Uh, we were able to outthink everything else that should have outrightly by all rights of nature, everything should murder us. Right. But we, we, tr we use our trickery. We use our, you know, our, our sorcery, we use our black magic called creativity to think our way to the top of the food chain. So I don't buy that people aren't creative. I think they're not exercising the muscle. Give me an example of somebody who thinks their, their business is boring. A roofer. All right. So you're a roofer. What I would say is, so like, give me, so let's think about this. We're a roofer. Pick a medium in terms of what medium am I trying to market in? Uh, I'm going to say local, locally within five to 10 miles of where my business is headquartered. And you know, we do any kind of roof, you know, shingles and clay roofs, all that kind of stuff, whatever the area demands. Okay. So let's say I need to make an ad about roofing. Now, if I were somebody who thinks my business is boring, I'd probably just do a straight to camera, you know, talking head video and just tell you about our roofing services and our great prices and all the value and how we're going to take care of you and then throw up my, you know, phone number and maybe the location of our local office or the areas that we service. And that's a boring, uninteresting commercial. You know, if you're a roofer though, you got to think, you can, you've got these great ladders. You probably have to take trips to the hardware store. You've got some power tools here and you're up in like these high places if you're a roofer and you've got hammers and you've got nails, you've got all this cool stuff. So if I, as a creative person, were a roofer and I was going to make an ad that I was going to put everywhere in Facebook and Instagram, you know, I probably do something really interesting. I probably literally would just make a music video about roofing because you can make it interesting because you could do this montage and you could do like this cool thing. You could even like, you know, make it somewhat like indie or heavy metal and like make yourself like the hero, make yourself the roofer man. Or I would look at like the Mr. Clean commercial and like, you know, or the brawny commercial and like, you know, if you're this strapping man, like, you know, then you're going and you're, you're using tools and you're chucking ladders and you're throwing stuff in the back of a pickup truck. That is visually interesting and stimulating. I mean, I don't know how you could be a roofer and have ever grown up like watching like, you know, home improvement in the nineties and think that what you do is boring. You could literally just not take yourself that seriously and make it entertaining or funny or clever. And the thing is, you'll stand out from all the other quote unquote so-called boring businesses if you do that 
and people will remember you. The most important thing if you don't want to be boring is to be memorable. It's an option to be boring. You could choose to approach what you do with a monotone thing and be dismissive of it because you think nobody's interested, or you can get them pumped. You can get them excited. You could be a champion for your brand, and you don't do that by telling yourself you're boring. Well, it sounds like the first step in our, uh, if you have to put together a formula for this is don't be boring. Don't call yourself boring. Think that you're the most interesting man probably in the room or woman in the room. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, just like the Dos Equis commercial, it's like the most interesting man in the world. You could literally just do a spoof on that for any interest in industry. You could make yourself you know, the most interesting doctor in the world. You could literally just do a parody. Just do a parody of things that you think are exciting, if nothing else. If you're not so creative or clever to come up with something from scratch like I did, which I don't even know how original my idea was, mm-hmm. then literally just parody something that you think is interesting and exciting. I love that you talked about home improvement too, because home. I grew up in the '90s too, so home improvement was life. And I think that what you said was perfect about how, like, you just don't take yourself too seriously, and you have fun. And with shows like Home Improvement and things like that, that your idea of what's boring and uninteresting that you can you can do it too. That's the other thing too. Is like it's okay to be boring, and it's okay, but you have to be interesting. You have things in your own industry that are like weird and quirky and you have clients that you're just like on a face palm, but you know, you ask all your questions that people have, like I am with you 100%. There's no such thing as a boring business. It's just people that think that their business is boring and we're here to crush that. (laughs) So how do you think you kickstart people's creativity? Like what do you have any like tips or tricks on what they can do to maybe brainstorm or figure out what they can do to be creative on their own without having like hire an agency or something to help them be funny? I think the first thing that people should do is they should start telling stories. They should start telling what they think are funny or interesting stories, or even if a story is like something like, and the way you do that is I would say, start simplifying. If you're using jargon, start finding a way to translate jargon into real world terms and then start, you know, telling those stories. Like if I were going to talk to you, we both, you know, create content. If I were going to talk to you about like, like social media stuff and I started the story with, oh, well, like I just saw the funniest hashtag the other day to somebody who might be 55 and not living in the world of Twitter, then they might not have any idea what a hashtag is. So I've immediately lost them. Mm-hmm. But if I just simply said, you know, I was reading something funny online the other day and somebody used this catchphrase, then they understand and they have context because I've generalized this thing for them. You know, if you're sitting there and you're a doctor and you start to make a joke about metacarpals, you've pretty much lost 80% of the room (laughs) unless it's other doctors. Right. You know, if you sit there and you're like, oh yeah, like a funny story, you know. So I had this guy come in with a fractured tibia. Oh, you lost me. What's a tibia? Like I'm already having to question things and everything like that. But if you say, hey, you know what? I had a guy come in the other day. He banged up his knee pretty bad. Then all of a sudden, you know, people can follow along with the story. So start to learn to tell stories that anyone can follow. That's something that we can all practice and do. It's just called having a conversation. <laughs> Which, you know, is surprisingly hard for some people. I love, though, that tip of, like, you know, taking out the jargon and taking out the your industry, essentially, so that's relatable to anybody. You're right. If you people have questions about what you're saying, they're not fully paying attention to you because they're going to be so fixated on asking you, 
What's a tibia? Like where? Where? Or is trying that? to pretend that they know so they don't feel like they're embarrassed or look stupid. Or just pretend they don't care because they're not interested, which I think is even worse. So. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back after a quick commercial break. This podcast is brought to you by All in One Social Media. All the social media your business needs starting at $125 a month. All in One started with a mission to put military spouses to work anywhere they are stationed in the world while making fair wages with job flexibility no matter what military life demands of them. With packages starting at just $125 a month, All in One will help your business grow through social media with custom graphics, daily posts, targeted Facebook advertising, and more. All in One's packages cover all your social media marketing needs with unlimited support and feedback, as well as advice for posting and marketing that you can do yourself. Head to allinonesocialmedia.com today to find the package that's right for you. That's allinonesocialmedia.com. And now back to the show. So how, how can I go about creating something creative, like with, of quality? I know that we in our industry and we talk on the show is like the best, the best camera you have is the one, the best camera to use is the one that you have. But I know that it's up to a point. And I, and I'm, I'm right there with you because if you have like an old five megapixel camera on your phone or anything with a flip or whatever, it is not going to work. So what are your thoughts on quality and how do you get it as a, as a new person, boring business? Probably hire me. Um, but <laughs> the, um, the reality is that there are at least two types of quality. There is objective technical quality and then there is subjective emotional quality. Mm-hmm. So objective technical quality is the easy thing. That's called go out and buy this camera, these lights, this microphone, and get somebody who knows what they're doing to edit it with decent software. That's Mm -hmm. pretty simple. You can throw money at that. You can hire people or you can develop those skills in a reasonable amount of time. Technical quality is pretty easy. So technical quality in the context of video would be video that's not blurry, video where the subject is in focus, where the colors look right, and where it's an HD and it's not grainy or noisy. And most decent $500, $600 cameras can accomplish that. Then you need decent audio that doesn't suck, which means a dedicated audio source in the form of either a lavalier lapel mic that you clip on up here just like on TV or a decent shotgun or boom mic or something like that or a wireless mic or what have you or a desktop microphone like this and you get decent audio, right? So then after that, it's down to editing if you're not doing something live to tape. So those are the things that create the the technical quality of a good video experience. If you were talking audio, then it's very similar, but it's limited just to podcasting and getting a decent microphone, maybe a mixer, and then good software, good background music, things like that. So if it's writing, well, that's straightforward. It's called make sure you're using something that has spell check, right? (laughs) And maybe it checks for grammatical errors. So these things are not necessarily that difficult to accomplish in terms of the technical level of quality. The objective, measurable thing to say, this looks good, this sounds good, this feels good. Now, in terms of feeling good beyond the it makes sense, feels good, contextually is like, you know, something is not edited sloppy or whatever. Now we go to subjective quality. Subjective quality is about, is this interesting to me uh, based on the group I belong to? Is this relevant to me as an individual? And then does this engage me and make me want to 
move forward or take action or make a commitment. And that's the harder thing to accomplish. And that's down to you and your performance. That's down to your tonality, how you communicate, how you perform in terms of an on-camera presence, maybe the way that you modulate and project your voice or the tone that you communicate with verbally and things of that nature. And then also the topics that you're picking and the way that you're framing the topics that you're picking. And then you know, how you make that come to life for somebody or whether you can or not. So that's the thing that comes from communication skills or doing things like public speaking or Toastmasters or just having more human conversations. So those are the things that, you know, are much more challenging. Those are things that I try to help people with either with one-on-one coaching from me or some of my courses or so that those are the things I think Technical quality is easy enough to do on your own. The emotional value, that subjective quality, sometimes you can get through it on your own, but it takes a while. I think it took me maybe 30 or 50 of my first videos before I got that even close to being right. I think it has to do with how charismatic or confident or comfortable you are in any given situation. And that's going to be time and practice. So those things are more challenging. But I also think that some people also don't know where to get started with a lot of this. They don't know the details because why I said conceptually makes sense, but what are the intermediate steps to accomplish every single one of those things? Okay, what is good camera gear? What is a good microphone? What is good lighting? What is good editing? What, what does interest people in my niche? How do I make it relevant to them? How do I trigger them emotionally to engage with me? And what should I be engaging them to do? Like, how do I match this to a goal that I have for my business or for my brand? Those details are the fill in the blank details that, you know, people like me or yourself provide. Yes, very much so. And I just love, I just love everything that you said, but yes, I love the whole difference between technical and emotional. It's definitely two separate things, but I do have to say, guys, if you do not have, you might have like the most emotional, fantastic story to tell. They can't see you or hear you. It's probably not going to get across. So just try and invest in some bare minimum, good quality stuff. If anything, just like go outside and it's not windy or loud where you have good lighting and and talk to people normal with like a mic if you can. <laughs> I always say that technical quality is about eliminating distractions. Yes. That's a, that's see, listen to Roberto. So we've established that no one is boring. We've established that you just need to tell your story and you need to find a way to make that entertaining in your space, whether that's making fun of yourself or telling an emotional story and, and showing up every day to give valuable content. And of course, quality in the sense of emotional and technical. Is there anything else you think that people need to create something awesome? I think they need an actual content strategy. And I think they need a communication strategy. And I think most people don't have one or the other or either sometimes. Um, and I think there's a big difference. Content strategy is about what you're making and about that being intentional and being aligned to your goals, but also fitting what your audience would want. And there's things involved even with that in terms of timing and distribution, delivery, formats, things of that nature, timing. But communication strategy is different. Communication strategy is now about how you position the thing that you've made in terms of that content, how you express it and market it, how you package it, how you frame it, where you deliver it, respecting the context of platform, respecting the difference between mediums. Too often we see people in our industry try to repurpose everything because they feel like they want to just squeeze the most out of that. And when they do, unfortunately, while it seems practical up front, it's not always respectful 
respectful of the intention of the viewer. And it's not always respecting the difference between one platform or another. And it just comes off as lazy, even if it's not, even if it's someone who's working hard and hustling, they can come off very lazy by trying to repurpose something without respecting context. And so I think that that becomes important and you need a communication strategy for this is how I communicate and this is the tonality I use in Facebook or this is the audience that I have in Facebook and where they're different. And then here is what I'm about in Instagram and what I'm about in Twitter, what I'm about in LinkedIn, what I'm about in YouTube. You have to use these to serve very specific objectives. And while you think of the broad objective is I want more business, that's not specific enough is like one platform might be the place where you're building trust. One platform might be the place where you're educating people. And one platform might be the place where you're building the most relationship value and where you're listening to them more. And one platform might be the one that you're using to demonstrate what you can do for people. And again, each platform is going to be better at some of these things than the other ones. And if you don't understand that and you don't respect that, then it becomes very difficult to deliver on your message in an authentic way that makes sense for a viewer and feels respectful of their time and of their intentions. The other problem with this is people make the assumption that they can't be everywhere at once. It's not about being everywhere at once. And people say, like a lot of marketers, they'll use the rhetoric, well, be where your audience is. But you know what the reality is, between you and me, Desiree, there is a portion of your desired customer and client base and audience in every platform. And the thing is, the odds are, if your competitors are assuming there isn't, then you have a wedge opportunity if you take it to conquer the market share of that platform in your niche. The, there's so many people, the thing I specialize in is video marketing and YouTube in particular. And it's because I tell people that if you go to YouTube, you have the opportunity to become the Netflix for your niche. You have the opportunity to become the Netflix for your niche. You can go there and you can own the market for your niche by being the person who provides the most value in educating a consumer that has every reason to buy from you. And if you become the industry leader in educating consumers and it gets to the point to where even just to avoid answering people's questions, some of your competitors end up referencing your videos, you will win. And it becomes inevitable if you're just that authoritative and a resource to where even your competitors are following you in that platform because your information is that good. And a lot of people say, but I don't want them stealing it. It's like if they steal it and it's attributed to you, it becomes undeniable. And if it's associated with your brand, even if they steal it, eventually people will find them out or you'll be able to call them out on it if you want. But you have the luxury of knowing that you are that influential. If you're so influential that everybody has to steal from you, that it means that you've created the most value. You've already won. And again, if the, uh, thieves get called off, thieves get caught. They get called out, they get caught. So I wouldn't worry about it. Everyone's looking at fear, glass half empty. Going to a platform like YouTube is an opportunity. And not just YouTube. YouTube is the best to be the Netflix of your niche. But if you want to feel like you're doing like the television show kind of thing of your niche, maybe Facebook after the fact, you repurpose in Facebook. That will work in terms of context of platform. And then from a publication standpoint, let's say you're not doing video, you're doing writing. LinkedIn is a gold mine. If you want to just be the publication and practically be the magazine and news source of your industry for the professional level of your industry or market, critiquing and talking about your industry in LinkedIn is where you would dominate and win and have so much opportunity. So I think people just aren't understanding this one simple thing. 
And I think it makes a huge difference. So to play devil's advocate with you, what about people? And I, and again, I know this is because it's been, this is my niche, the boring business world where people spend so much of their time, which is they don't have time to do all of this. And I think that it's not so much, they don't know that they need to be there. I think that they just get so wrapped up in the work, the working in their business versus working on their business. What, what qualifies as not having the time? What qualifies as not having the time? Like I said, I think that it's they're so busy working on their or in their business that they're not able to work on it. Like a dentist gets booked with you know hands in the mouth, helping people get their cavities and their teeth clean and all that stuff. Every well, they're day. only working forty to fifty hours a week. Yeah, we've got a lot of waking hours in the day. Mm-hmm. It's a conscious decision as to whether you're going to make an investment in growing your business and growing your brand with content. You know this. I yes. know this. It's a choice. No one ever gets to tell me that they don't have enough time if they were watching the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> if they're like, no, everyone tells to tell me they don't have the time to pick up a new skill. And I'm like, but I'm seeing you tweet about the football game and about your team losing. And it's like, and I've seen the pictures of you on Instagram with a beer in your hand. You got the time. There's no one who doesn't have the time. Now, in terms of making a priority, if people learn the skills and they learn a strategy for this and they're disciplined, what if I told you that people could maximize an hour or even 30 minutes of their day and get content like even sometimes for a whole week with just one or two hours, but they're just not prioritizing it. Most people in boring businesses still have their weekends. They still have at least an hour or so each and every night of disposable time that they're saving for their favorite TV show. They're watching Scandal. Like, so I think that it's a matter of prioritizing. To be an Instagram every day, you could be an Instagram every day crushing an Instagram and it would take you 15 minutes out of your day every day. And you could do so much of that prep in advance. You could be taking photos in advance that you're gonna use for Instagram. You could be sitting there in the Uber, you could be sitting there in the bathroom and you could copy and paste into your Apple Notes the thing that you wanna write in all of your hashtags. And now even with like things like Hootsuite and Buffer, you can even schedule those Instagram posts. So I'm not like really interested in the excuses, I'm interested in helping you get a tactical execution that'll work for the time that you have and the skills that you have. If we're talking about YouTube, if you decide that you're not even going to do an edit or you're going to do something raw live to tape, let's say that you just want to give value, you could literally just talk directly to a camera in one take, flubs and all, and you could go onto YouTube for five minutes and educate the people in your niche, and literally that's your YouTube video. Just put it on a tripod, turn on your phone, put it on a tripod, or talk into your webcam for five minutes and give value that no one else has or put up a freaking slideshow and talk over it and give value that no one has for five minutes, you're done. You could set aside an hour on a weekend and then have the equivalent of one video a week that you could release and your whole month is done in a weekend in like maybe an hour or two. I want to see an execution. I want to hear the excuse that people don't have time. And if they can't figure it out, I'm available to be hired to help them figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I think one of my favorite sayings right now that's pretty popular is you and Beyonce have the same amount of hours in a day. How are you using your time? (laughs) It's absolutely true. The most successful and most unsuccessful person in the world have the same 24 hours in a day. It's about priorities. It's about commitments. Busy people, you and I are entrepreneurs. We run businesses. You're um, a parent. I'm traveling all across the country back and forth on, on planes two or three times a month. And we find the time to do the things that we think are important enough 
we make our priorities, and we sacrifice other things. And I'm not telling people to sacrifice their health or their family. I'm telling them that you can give up Call of Duty. You can give up Netflix. You can give up football if this matters to you. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that, that that reminder that I think we all need is like we kind of get sucked into the trap of nothingness. The The time sucks. And so my husband likes to say it's all about small improvements. So make sure you're making those small changes and changes and improvements in your life by using your time better, even if it's just like 10, 15 minutes at a time. So, yeah. all right, Roberto. I think that we have overwhelmed our people with how <laughs> awesomeness with it, uh, for their boring businesses. So how can people learn more from you and follow you on social so that they can continue to get value from all of your knowledge? So you can follow me at Roberto Blake in all social media. You can definitely check out awesomecreatoracademy.com. We have a group mentoring program or you can get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me or buy any of our courses or products. We also have a great blog that has some fabulous free content for you guys to just like, you know, help you get out of your head. I'm even going to write an article on, you know, video marketing for your boring business just based on this interview. Uh, and also they can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Roberto Blake two. And that is the number two. Awesome. All right, guys, make sure you go follow him. He posts content all the time. Like you can just count on it. It's fantastic and easy to watch. And he also has a really wonderful podcast. If you want to listen to it, we actually part accidentally started our podcast around the same time. So if you're also <laughs> looking for a great podcast, you can also find him on whatever your streaming platform is that you listen to your podcast on. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show, Roberto. I appreciate it so very much. And again, it's so informative. And again, it, let me check off that fangirl box. And also I think help all of our uh, listeners learn more about getting out of their own way to create something awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Desiree. Guys, remember, go out there and create something awesome today. Yes. And on that note, until next time, I will see you soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Marketing for Your Boring Business. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share this episode on social media. Want more? Subscribe to automatically get the latest episodes of Marketing for Your Boring Business. This podcast is presented by All in One Social Media. All the social media your business needs starting at $125 a month.